This is an ABC podcast. I literally had this moment where I just thought, oh my God, how did I not know? I was completely blown away with the way she looked, the way she tasted, the way she smelled. Once you actually ask yourself the question, what is it that I want, you might have answers that surprise you. I thought that, you know, things were pretty much okay until I fell in love with a woman. What if for your entire life you've been a tea person? Your parents, when you were little, suggested you should drink tea. You watched your own mother drink nothing but. All your girlfriends at school drank tea and you were eventually sold the finest leaf brewed in the nicest pot and it never really occurred to you that you might prefer coffee. Or maybe you always wanted to try something different but something was holding you back. Some women are discovering after years of marriage to men that they want to tip their tea down the sink. Some women who previously identified as straight are realising that they're same-sex attracted. Were they always that way? Is our sexuality more fluid than we think? Or has it gotten easier to be gay? Or yes to all three? I'm Yumi Steins. Ladies, we need to talk about later-in-life lesbians. In today's episode of Ladies We Need to Talk, we're going to meet four different women with four different experiences of coming out, or not, as later-in-life lesbians. Nicola was married to a man for 25 years and raised four kids. The first time I slept with a woman, I was 51. The difference was incredible. Everything felt right. It just felt perfect. If gay sex is coffee... Nicola didn't even know coffee existed for the first half of her life. If I'd known younger that it was an option, I would have just gone straight to being a lesbian. Nicola's in a great place now having the best sex ever, but it was a long and sometimes painful process getting there. She grew up in a conservative Christian household and got married in her early 20s. I was absolutely a virgin on my wedding night. There was a lot of, I guess, fear and anxiety around that and lack of understanding, which kind of doesn't set you up for a a positive experience. That said, it wasn't like I absolutely hated it either, but I could sense that there was something wrong. I have a very strong memory of during our honeymoon, um, walking on the beach and just crying. I just thought, isn't it meant to be better than this? I guess it had been built up my whole life that, you know, if you save yourself for marriage, um, you know, it's all going to be wonderful. Despite her malcontent, Nicola did what lots of women do. She just got on with it. We went on to have a, you know, a reasonably good sex life once I kind of worked out how everything worked. But it was always something that at best was satisfactory and at worst was traumatic for me. Um, And that was through no fault of my husband. 
Nicola pushed dissatisfaction and trauma to the back of her mind and with her husband trudged through a conventionally normal life. But when she was 40, something happened that made those thoughts resurface. I met a woman who I guess I fell for completely and utterly. Nothing ever happened between us. Um, she, you know, heterosexual, happily married, but I just had this really, really strong attraction to her. Did these feelings towards your friend come as a surprise to you? Since I found out that, you know, lesbians existed, I it was an idea that was always in the back of my mind. And I, I had, I guess, clues earlier than that. Whenever we had sleepovers, I was the one who volunteered to share the bed with a friend because I liked that feeling of being close to another female. And I would watch um, that female friend sleep and look at her lips and wonder what it would be like to kiss her. Nicola didn't get to kiss nor enjoy romance with her female friend, but falling in love with a woman made her ask herself, what do I really want and what's standing in my way? I was still heavily in a conservative Christian mindset. And still I was married, married to a man. Yep, had four children that I just did not, you know, I did not want to break up that. Um, but I guess once I admitted it to myself, those feelings just got stronger and stronger. When I was 49, no, 48 actually, I told uh, my husband and my children and I started to tell a few of my closest friends. But at that stage, again, still very much planning to continue in my marriage and, you know, make the best of it, I guess. But then I guess once you take the lid off something, it kind of explodes a bit. (laughs) A little over a year and a half after leaving her marriage, Nicola met her now girlfriend. It was actually during lockdown. And we met online through a Zoom group um, for lesbians who came out later in life. And we talked for about six weeks because of lockdown before we could even meet. But in that six weeks, we actually had a really open and frank discussion about what we wanted, not just emotionally, but but sexually out of a relationship. That's very mature and also very lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can I ask you about um, going down on a woman? What was it like for you the first time you faced another female's body? Just to be clear, I did have a conversation with her before this and said, are you comfortable if I talk about <laughs> our sex life? Thank you. And she said yes. So she, well, I do have her consent to <laughs> right, talk about this. Right. I was completely blown away with how mesmerised I was by her, by the way she looked, the way she tasted, the way she smelled. I'm completely, like, addicted to that. It's absolutely amazing. Were you more orgasmic? Yes, absolutely. I think on that first weekend that we we slept together, um, my girlfriend and I, like, we had sex, like, six, seven times and, you know, orgasm every single time, at least one, which compared to, you know, my, my husband was, was very attentive and, and tried really, really hard. And, yeah, I did occasionally orgasm, but it certainly wasn't an every-time experience like that. Did you have a feeling of, or do you even now have a feeling of grief that so much time went by where this side of yourself wasn't fulfilled? Part of me thinks, oh, my goodness, what have I been missing out on? I could have had this long-term relationship with a woman that was beautiful my whole life. I guess compulsory heterosexuality was the only option that was given for sexuality. I didn't even know that anything else really existed at all. You have a certain expectation about what your life is going to look like. 
And most of us think that we're just going to be completely heterosexual. This is Dr. Lisa Diamond, Professor of Gender Studies at the University of Utah. She has been following a group of 100 women for the last 30 years, tracking changes in their sexual identity. When Lisa started her research, the term sexual fluidity didn't exist. And surprise, surprise, all of the existing research about sexual identity focused on men. There is this pressure on all women to be heterosexual and this inability to even think of anything else that prevents a lot of women from knowing what they actually want. What Professor Diamond is talking about is compulsory heterosexuality or comphet. You know, the tea we're told we should be drinking. The tea we're told is kind of the main and proper drink. The idea of compulsory heterosexuality is really the idea that women around the globe, historically, have been taught to think that literally the only option was heterosexuality. Our economic well-being as women depended on who we married or were in love with, that there was never even an opportunity to consider anything other than heterosexuality. And so it's almost as if all women are under a spell. Once you actually ask yourself the question, what is it that I want? You might have answers that surprise you. And that sometimes that is just a part of the normal growth and self-reflection that adulthood brings. Lisa wanted to find out whether female sexuality was fixed, like something you're born with and stick with, or something that fluctuates. I've been able to track over time just how much variation there actually is in a woman's life course between how she experiences her sexual desires and how she expresses them, the relationships that she gets into. No matter where you begin in terms of your identity, there's always a possibility for something to trigger something unexpected. Rather than the seesaw of sexuality eventually stabilising as women matured, Lisa has found that ongoing variation in sexual identity among her participants is really common. For the last three decades, Dr Diamond has been checking in with the women every three to four years, and in that time, 70% have changed their sexual identity at least once, and around a third have shifted their sexuality between each round looks to me like variation is the norm and not the exception. Everyone's showing a lot of variation, even the heterosexuals. (laughs) Why aren't we talking about this? Why aren't we normalizing it? Why aren't we saying, hey, sometimes things change radically and that does not mean that it's not real. It doesn't mean that you're crazy. It doesn't mean that, you know, there's something wrong. That stuff happens. It happens more than you think. Dr. Lisa suspects that the possibility of moving across sexual boundaries increases as women age. Many of the women in her study who come out later in life have been through heterosexual marriages and have ushered their kids out of the nest before taking stock. You know, for a lot of women, they don't give themselves the permission and the time to actually ask themselves, what do I want now? And major life transitions are sometimes 
big opportunities for people to sit down and ask themselves that question. The capacity for a same-sex relationship might have been there from the very beginning, right? But if that capacity is not expressed or if you don't even have a chance to articulate that to yourself, then it might take like a big life transition to sort of wake you up and prompt you to actually ask yourself what you actually want. Some of the respondents in Lisa's group reported changes in gender attraction from relationship to relationship or had their first same-sex experience after unexpectedly falling for a woman. Some women said, you know, I feel like whenever I'm falling in love with someone, through my whole life, I've always been falling for the person and not necessarily the gender. There was never an, like an abstract, oh, I'm just attracted to women. The story that women would tell was, and then I met Emily and my life changed. And then I met a person that the crystallization of their feelings when they're presented with someone that is flipping all their switches at once. And then what they would say to me in these interviews is, is that like possible? Like, that's why I don't feel like I'm a good example of anything. Yeah, let's talk about that, Dr. Lisa, because I think that's a common perception is if a woman comes out of the closet later in life, it's because she's been repressing something that was always there. But can people actually change their sexuality? And by that, I mean, can you go from being completely committed as a heterosexual to being completely gay? The evidence suggests that change from one extreme to the other is pretty unlikely. That, But there's a lot of wiggle room in that gray area of bisexuality, which is way more common in the population among both women and men than exclusive same gender attractions. And so there's way more people in that messy middle ground where you could be leaning in the heterosexual direction or you could be leaning in a lesbian or gay direction. As long as there's the capacity for an attraction to a man or a woman, then a lot of things might just depend on circumstance. You have phases of your life where your sexual attraction is much more to men than women and vice versa. The second woman I want you to meet is Lena. We've changed her name for this episode. And at the moment, I'm much more sexually attracted to women. She's married to a man, she's got young kids and lives a busy working mum life, but there's something happening underneath the veneer of heterosexuality. It's her growing attraction to women. I'm in a time in my life where I'm thinking about what my future looks like and and will I be in this relationship forever and what are the alternatives. Lena is facing a huge dilemma. She's deciding whether to stick it out with her husband or to blow up her life as she knows it. I have been with my partner for over 10 years um, and like lots of relationships, you know, we've had our ups and downs. Lena had suspected she might prefer coffee, perhaps as far back as high school. It was often something that was front of mind, my attraction to women. It was contributing to sort of a low point in our relationship, the fact that I wasn't fully being myself. 
Last year, Lena worked up the courage to tell her husband that she was attracted to women. He was really supportive and he is a wonderful father. And I think part of my um, you know, dilemma with this whole thing is that it's not, it's not because he's a bad person at all. I, I'm not physically attracted to him or sexually attracted to him as I once was. And I know also that that's a common thing in not like, you know, you have this burning passion for the same person for their whole life. Lena's in a phase of life so many of us can relate to. The exhaustion that comes with caring for young kids, waning sexual attraction to a long-term partner and a general feeling of stuckness. But for Lena, there is an added complication. When I masturbate, I do think about women as opposed to men. Sometimes like particular women and or sometimes, you know, using porn or whatever, female porn. Is there a particular woman that you have feelings for right now? Um, I have crushes, yeah. Nothing that I think would lead anywhere. There's no sort of relationship on the horizon. What is holding you back from leaving? I've kind of got a complex about being the villain, like being the one that calls it. I don't want to be the bad guy. I think the other thing too is that you build a life with someone and, and you become part of their family and they become part of your family and all of that blows up, right? And the other really big thing is my kids. Um, and I know that you can be the best mum, a better mum, when you're not with your partner, but at the moment our household functions really well and the kids are really happy. You said the kids are happy. What about you? Are you happy? Yeah, sometimes. Not always. Sometimes I, I look over at my husband and just think, is this it? Is this us forever? All of a sudden, I literally had this moment where I just thought, oh my God, how did I not know? Unlike Lena, it never occurred to Jennifer that she might be attracted to women. One night, aged in her late 40s, Jennifer was watching a documentary about lesbians on TV. Like, it was just like this kaboom. I completely opened up inside, like feelings inside that I'd never had before. And it was literally like, and it's, I'm not saying this as a cliched thing, it was literally all the colours of the rainbow. I felt these amazing colours of these Indian silks and gold and everything. It was just like this blooming inside. And wow. So what yeah, was it, it was, before the colours? It was really grey and cold. And, you know, when I started slowly telling friends, you know, who, especially the ones who've known me for a long, long time, said there was always this heaviness about you. At the time of this Technicolor epiphany, Jennifer was married to a man with a couple of teenage kids and had never before in her entire life been attracted to women. I was like, oh, God, I can't tell anyone. I can't do anything about this. I'm married. No, I'm just going to have to hold this inside me and just never say anything. A stressful period of family tragedy became the catalyst for Jennifer to come out. It was literally like my subconscious was just saying to me, come on, you know that life's short now. You've got to do something about this. This doing something started with telling her husband, her partner of over 20 years, that she was attracted to women. But finding the words wasn't easy. 
was about four hours that I sat in the lounge room trying to work out how the hell to open my mouth. <laughs> and I just finally said, and I was just like, you know how, you know, it doesn't just, things just don't seem to feel right. Well, I've realised I'm gay. I mean, it was a relief for us both because it made sense. But he said, oh, yes, um, I reckon a lot of women seem to feel this in middle age or something. And, (laughs) you know, that was it. It was just like, oh, we could breathe. (laughs) Let's talk about you now sort of uh, taking ownership of your gay self. What was it like the first time you had sex with a woman? It just felt natural. Like it wasn't... It wasn't explosions or anything crazy because it just, it just, yeah, it was just, it felt right. It was just for the first time it felt right. Historically, researchers have thought that women who come out later in life were secret lesbians, gay but in denial. It was assumed they were suppressing this thing within themselves, a dormant power that would be unleashed when they first watched Buffy or Shearer, Princess of Power, or in Jennifer's case, this documentary about lesbians that switched on colour in her life. But the science ignored the possibility that a woman's sexual identity and expression could change. I thought that, you know, things were pretty much okay until I fell in love with a woman. And then, of course, everything went topsy-turvy. At 76 years old, Maria has lived through times when being a lesbian came with a huge social risk. She's now been with her female partner for 25 years. Before that, Maria was in two long-term relationships with men. One, a short marriage, and the second, with a man she absolutely adored, who was the father of her child. I think he suspected that I might have been, you know, a little bent. <laughs> and, uh, but he turned out to be the love of my life, my best friend, Maria had always admired strong women and felt that she had a special connection to the women in her life. But falling hard for a woman at the age of 40 changed everything. You know, the first time I had sex with a woman, I wasn't quite sure what my role is as such uh, or what I should be doing. But somehow you just follow your own body instinct. You know, you just automatically know. You didn't want it to end. It was like, wow, I'm home. It was the most natural thing ever. It was just so easy, so good that I can remember leaving the apartment flying instead of driving. I think I was flying. It was just wonderful. It was probably the first time I had a proper orgasm. I shouldn't say that, should I or not? No, you should totally say that. This is absolutely the right place to have that conversation. <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. And um, it was it was just, I can't explain the, the gentleness. It was just so different from having sex with a male. Um, no comparison. Maria waited 10 years after that first incredible sexual experience to come out to her family and friends. My son was still at school and I didn't want to disrupt his life. I had this fear that I would be, my job would have been jeopardised and my family would reject me and there was a whole lot of emotional stuff going on. Maria moved to Australia as a World War II refugee and her conservative European heritage was another barrier. 
my migrant background was such that um, um, everyone was married, everyone had their family, they were building up a new life in this country, and um, I mean, I don't think my family would have been, would have not so much tolerate. I don't think they would have understood what I was going through. I was terribly afraid of being judged by them and um, losing their love. Do you regret not coming out any earlier? Oh, look, constantly. Less so now because now I am out. (laughs) But, uh, you know... Yes, I have. I constantly thought about it. And, I, and I'm and i not very happy the fact that I didn't have enough courage. Um, and I feel, uh, you know, would life have been much easier for me? But then I think, well, perhaps maybe I'm just going to go along with fate and realise that, you know, I came out now because I was meant to come out now, not earlier. I had to go through what I had to go through. Dr Lisa Diamond says once you actually ask yourself the question, what is it that I want, you might be surprised by the answer. You might want tea and coffee. You might want a frappuccino. You might want a combination of tea and coffee called toffee. Delicious. (laughs) Or you might just want coffee. The vast majority of women who have attractions to other women also have some degree of attractions to men. And so that creates possibility for a lot of change depending on your stage of life. For some women, coming out later in life is a revealing of self they knew about but hid. But as we've heard, a change in sexuality can come as a complete surprise. A woman might never have even considered that a very, very close friendship could become a love affair. And so maybe it isn't until you're 40 that you even have the opportunity to crystallize that feeling, to to actually look at someone and say, oh my God, I am attracted to that person. If we throw aside this pressure of compulsory heterosexuality, listen to our bodies and our spirits and ask ourselves that terrifying question, what do I really want? It might be exactly what we have but it also might be completely different to what our lives are right now. Lena, the woman who is deciding on whether to totally disrupt her current life, has some difficult decisions to make. There's a gamble and and I don't know the answers. Maybe she could take a couple of sips of coffee or maybe she can draw hope from the other women in this episode. Nicola says, trust your instincts. Listen to yourself, listen to your body, what your body is telling you. Listen to where your brain goes when it's relaxed, when it's taken by surprise. You have a body and you have feelings and you have emotions and you have a brain for a reason. And that communicates to you what your heart's desire is, I guess. Absolutely, it takes a step of courage to explore that. And I completely understand that some people are not in that safe place yet where they can have that courage. This podcast was produced on the lands of the Turrbal, Gundungara, Bidjigal and Gadigal peoples. 
Ladies We Need to Talk is mixed by Anne-Marie de Bettencourt. It's produced by Tamar Cranswick. Supervising producer is Alex Lolbach and our executive producer is Kyla Slavin. This series was created by Claudine Ryan. episode about later in life lesbians has got you craving a cup of coffee or maybe got you wanting more coming out stories in your ear holes, then check out the ABC podcast called Innies and Outies. Hi, I'm Mon Shafter and I've been out for quite a while now. But even in a country like Australia that has marriage equality, coming out isn't always easy. I was too scared. He had to tell me. There's always an anxiety no matter how many times you do it. Innies and Outies is a podcast where you'll hear stories from queer Australians about coming out and sometimes staying in. I knew that he loved me, regardless of who I was. Find Innies and Outies on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.